Hey, good morning, everybody. It is a Sunday all over again. I hope you've had a good week considering. And uh, we want to dive into some stuff this morning that um, was brought to my attention throughout the week. And it's always good when I'm able to share with you what God's instilling in me. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of us as, as pastors, sometimes we can become like chefs and we can stay in the kitchen and we can be cooking all day for food for you. And then the whole time we're starving ourselves, and uh, sometimes God's got to intervene and come in and give us some stuff. So I want to share with you today what God's been putting on me throughout the week and um, what I've experienced and uh, just give you some guidance that God has given me as well. So hope you've got your coffee, hope you got your pen, your paper, your Bible, got your cats on your lap, dogs in the floor. Or on your lap, depends on what kind of dog you got. If you're at my house, you probably got three dogs laying up on top of your head. But um, we want to get into some good stuff this morning. Are you ready? I just, uh, I'm excited about this word. So if you've got your Bibles, let's go ahead and get started. Uh, turn to Joshua chapter 4. And uh, we'll start at verse 1. And I, I want to read through 13. And I, I think if I had to actually pick a book in the Bible that I just enjoy preaching out of and reading. It's in Joshua. But uh, I encourage you to read that book. If you haven't read that book, by all means, get in it. But Joshua chapter 4, verses 1 through 13. And uh, I've entitled today's sermon, Remember When. And uh, you'll, you'll get the understanding of that title as we move through this. So let's get started. And it came to pass when all the people had completely crossed over the Jordan that the Lord spoke to Joshua saying, Take for yourselves twelve men from the people, one from every tribe, and command them saying, Take for yourselves twelve stones from here out of the midst of the Jordan from the place where the priest's feet stood firm. You shall carry them over with you and leave them in the lodging place where you lodge tonight. Then Joshua called the twelve men he had appointed from the children of Israel, one man from every tribe. And Joshua said to them, Before the ark of the Lord your God, in the midst of Jordan, and each one of you take up a stone on his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel, that among you, when your children ask in time to come, saying, What does these stones mean to you? Then you shall answer them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it crossed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off, and these stones shall be for a memorial of Israel forever. And the children of Israel did so, just as Joshua commanded, and took up twelve stones from the midst of the Jordan, as the Lord had spoken to Joshua according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel, and carried them over with them to the place where they lodged, and laid them down there. Then Joshua set up twelve stones in the midst of the Jordan, in the place where the feet of the priest who bore the Ark of the Covenant stood, and they are there to this day. So the priest who bore the ark stood in the midst of the Jordan until everything was finished, 
that the Lord had commanded Joshua to speak to the people. According to all that Moses had commanded Joshua, and the people hurried and crossed over. Then it came to pass, when all the people had completely crossed over, the ark of the Lord and the priests crossed over in the presence of the people. And the men of Reuben, the men of Gad, and half the tribe of Manasseh crossed over, armed before the children of Israel, as Moses had spoken to them. About 40,000 prepared for war crossed over before the Lord for battle to the plains of Jericho. This morning, I, I want to, my objective this morning, I, I believe, is to basically transition you. Um, I want to transition you where we are right now in the, in the midst of all this chaos that's taking place today. And, and I want to do this by, by having you reminisce. And when you look up the word reminisce in the definition, it, it says to indulge in enjoyable recollection of past events. You know, th this week I, I've caught myself purposefully um, thinking on the matters at hand and, and how myself and my family may be or are already being affected um, by today's troubles. And when I say the word purposefully, I, I put that in specific because I want you to understand that we, we have to give conscious effort towards anything that we think on. If, if we're thinking on something, we have to be conscious in our effort to do so. It doesn't just pass by. If it just passed by, it's just a flash. It, it's something that comes up and we move on. But when we think about something, when, when the Bible talks about think on these things, that, that is to give purpose to and to, to be intent on our thinking. And then it hit me while I was thinking on this stuff that's taking place and, and where myself and my family could be caught up. It hit me, remember when. And I, I'm, certain, I'm certain that most of us, if, if not all of us, We've experienced times in our lives that have brought us happiness. But what we fail to realize is that happiness is actually coupled with sorrow. You see, you wouldn't be able to really experience happiness if you never, if you never experienced sorrow, if you didn't experience pain or anything like that, gloom, misery. See, if you don't experience the bad, you won't really recognize the good. The unfortunate thing about our happiness is that it's driven by our emotions. <clears throat> and we all know how dangerous that can be with our emotions. Um, wives and husbands, you, you woke up this morning, if you woke up on the wrong side of the bed, everybody knows to, to get out the way. Even the dogs and the cats run and hide. But our emotions, a lot of the times... Can, can take us places where we shouldn't be. And when it deals with our happiness, that's what it's driven by. Our happiness is driven by that. And uh, it, our, our happiness, I, I like to look at it like this. Our, our happiness is like the waves of the ocean. They ebb and flow. It just all depends on what's going on and, and, and what's taking place. And <clears throat> this, this is why so many people have 
these major issues in their relationships is because they believe that their relationships should be hinged on their happiness. And they really the only thing, and you can, if you want to put your feet under the coffee table or sit on your feet on the couch, this might keep you away from getting your toes stepped on this morning, but the only thing that's, that basically is revealed in, in this type of setting when our understanding, when we believe that our relationships is hinged in our happiness, whether we're happy or not, that, that dictates whether or not our relationship is good or not. And the only thing that we actually reveal to others is our selfishness. So to really think about it, a big reason why a lot of people struggle with a true relationship with God is that they believe, with, by the way of some of this theology that's out there, and there's a lot of it, is that once they confess Christ as Lord, then they should be happy. Everything in life begins to smooth out. Man, it's a, it's a lot easier to deal with people and obstacles and circumstances. Um, they don't experience any troubles. Their, their bills get paid as long as they're sowing seed into ministries. I mean, you, you've heard it before. And as long as you go to church, man, life will work itself out. And uh, they, they have based their relationship solely on how they feel and what they go through in the relationship. And we, we know that's not the case. And uh, what, what I'm trying to get people to understand in the, in the church as well as in the world is your relationship with God shouldn't be hinged on whether or not you're happy or not. And if, if, everything, if every decision you make is emotional driven, I'm telling you your percentage is, fail, is, is highly more likely to be failure than it is to be successes. Because we make drastic decisions in our emotions. And a lot of the times we do it based off of how we feel. Um, Jesus gives us the example to look to when, when it comes to the, to the glue in our relationship with God. He puts it like this in Hebrews 12 too. He says, look to Jesus, our author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy set before him. He didn't, he didn't talk about the happiness of, or how he felt at the moment and, and what he was going through. He said he, he, set, he set his eyes and he looked at the joy that was set before him. He, he was able to endure the cross. He was able to despise the shame. And now he's sitting down at the right hand of the throne of God in heaven. And it was because he based his... He based his whole life at that moment on the joy that was set before him. And believe it or not, you were that joy for him. But that, that's a different sermon. I don't want to get into that. But man, if, if we could look at the completion of our calling, if we, could, if we could look at fulfilling our destiny that God has called us into, and if we would just look at that the whole time that we experience adversities in life, I think it would be a lot easier for us to be able to make it through that. But... Enough about relationships, but I just wanted to give you an example of, of what happiness is and, and why it should be and why it shouldn't be used as a needle um, to gauge our life and its circumstances. And what I, what I really want to get you to understand is that happiness is a byproduct. Happiness is a byproduct of our perspective. And it is our joy that is the barometer of our perspective. So if, if we base our life on our joy, and it, joy is so important, it's so imperative, because the Bible says that 
It's the joy of the Lord that's our strength. That's what causes us to be able to endure things in life and, and to be set in circumstances that we, we just don't know. We, we don't understand. We, we, don't, we don't get it. And I don't want people to fall um, by the wayside because they don't understand why this pandemic or this epidemic or whatever else that's going on in, in life right now that's just causing the world to turn upside down. I just, what, what I fear the most is people begin to blame God and put everything on God's lap. And they're not just using, well, I'll just leave that alone. But I, I said all of this, to, I said all of that to say this. It's very difficult, if not impossible, to weather a storm in life without having an anchor. And our anchor is only as strong and as secure as that which it's fastened to. Hebrews 6, 13 through 20 reminds us of, the, of that hope. And uh, that, that hope is our anchor. And it's fastened to the promise of God. See, God swore to Abraham... And he, and he swore by himself because God looked around. He couldn't find anything higher. He couldn't find a greater thing or anybody higher than himself. So he swore by himself that he would deliver the promises to Abraham. And that we should be able to find our hope in. That God has swore to us that his promises will come to pass in our life. No matter what we face, no matter what we go through, no matter how long we have to wait, or no matter how quick we get, the promises of God will stand true in our life. So it should be our hope that stabilizes us in the storms, not the appearance of our happiness. So I would have to, I would have to encourage you this morning to, to find that hope again, to, to tie your hope to God. Because you know, if we took an anchor and we threw an anchor over a ship and we, and we put it over with yarn, I mean, that anchor's really not going to do a whole lot of good. But if we put it to a nice chain that has been tensiled, stressed, and, and, and strengthened, and it, it's withheld the test of time, and we put our anchor to that, it doesn't, it doesn't matter what storms come through, that it will keep us stable in life. Now, I know that not every one of you and not, not all of us will ever act or react the same way when we come to uncertain circumstances in life because I, I just know for a fact that we're not all born alike. We're, we're not, and, and we're not born with this, with this strength. So when we look at each other and we look at one another when it comes time for um, the, these things and trials in life, when we start looking at each other, we need to make sure that we understand this vital point is that not everyone is created or not anyone is created with the strength. Strength comes from way or by way of actually working our strength. Um, we, 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 have to, we have to work muscles. We have to work our faith muscles, our leg muscles. We have to do all of that in order to gain strength. So... God knows what he's doing when we're facing trials and tribulations. It's through those times when we come out of that, we can look back on it and we should gain strength from it. That should be our hope. Our hope should be tied to that, knowing that God never left us then. So he's not going to leave us now. If he's promised that, he's going to do this. 
So we have to be able to maintain that no matter what it takes, no matter what it takes. We have to give conscious effort to think on these things that God has promised us and that what God wants to do for us. He, he's brought us, <laughs> it's when God has brought us through some things that we become more secure in the hope that is our anchor. So when we look at what we're going through now and everything else in life, I would like for us to take a moment and look back. And uh, so God had me reminisce on some things in, in my past this week as he brought me, that, that he's brought me through in the past to help build my hope, to help strengthen my faith and to encourage, to encourage my trust in him. And then one of the things, I'm going to just go through a, a, a short, a quick list, and I just want to share a, a few things with you. But one was, you know, as a child, I wasn't born into what you would consider a, a, a stable, healthy home. Um, I, 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 had to, I had to deal with the alcoholism in the home and um, rough marriage. Father left for a couple years, and there was never really a relationship there, so... Where I should be now, based on a lot of ideology that's out there, is that we are a product of our environment, which I stand totally against, because you choose whether or not you will be a product of that environment or not. Um, you, you go through life, and you're, you're given different cards to play in life, but you have to choose whether or not you're going to play those cards, or you're going to fold them and walk away and do something different. And in my life, I had to choose. There was a point in time in my life that, that I, hit an, I hit an apex, and I, and I had to decide what I was going to do. Am I going to continue through my life representing what I was presented, or was I going to change my life so that I might be able to represent or present something to my children that I would want them to represent in their adulthood? You know, there was, there was 12 years of what I would consider not so blissful marriage. Um, there was 12 years of hatred and, and lies and deceit and anger and argument. And there was just a, a, a vast array of confusion and chaos in the marriage between Debbie and I for the first 12 years of our marriage. But now I sit and look at the after, the after the 12 years. Man, God takes me back to those and, and shows me where he was able to keep where he was able to keep me, keep my sanity, where he was able to keep her, keep her sanity, and, and bring us to the point where we are today. Perfect? No, not hardly. But I'm telling you, we're a lot better off now than we were the first 12 years of our marriage. I, 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 was, I was brought back to looking at my children, how I, was able, how I was unable to father them the first 12 years of that marriage. But yet now, after those 12 years, how my children are still able to look at their mom and their dad and say, I love you. Even though that we didn't, even though we misused and we mishandled and we done things that were, that were just wrong. But now we're able to sit back and look that God has been able to keep the heart softened enough that our kids are still able to interact with their family. Debbie and I, we, we, there was a time in our life that we both lost our job in the same year. And devastation. Um, we, wasn't, we wasn't ready for that. And it, both, it caught us both off guard. And I mean, it, it put us through a lot of financial turmoil. And to watch how God brought us through that and how he kept us through that and how he has basically lined us up 
that we might be able to finish out life. Most people in, in that point in time probably would have given up. And it was just one of those times that I specifically remember God moving in and, and God just showing us that He held us in His hand and that He kept us from everything around us that was detrimental to our life. We, we moved away from home to, a, to another place that Debbie and I knew nothing about. And we've and we done this by a call of God. Going to minister in a place that we had no, we had no friends, we had no family, we had no job. But we were going to go and take a church, a church of two people. And, and we move out, we move away, and we go and we sit down. And that's where we started our ministry. But I sat back and I watched that God showed us how that we could believe in Him and how that we could trust in Him and how that we could lean back against Him and have our lives encouraged and, and have our faith strengthened by, by a total reliance, a total dependency upon Him. When everything else fails, when, when your finances go away, your friends go away, your family goes away, your job goes away, when all of that stuff, when you're comfortable, when, when everything that causes you to become comfortable, when all of that stuff goes away, God's still there and God still holds you in the midst of that. So I had to ponder on that as well. He showed me a specific moment when, when we watched a couple maintain, their, they just maintained. I mean, I, I, I still don't understand how they were able to, to maintain other than the, the love and the mercy and, and the grace of God. As, as we were called away from our dinner one night and we had to rush to the hospital and the doctors had told this family that tonight you have to make a decision. We, we, we take your child off of the ventilator and, and it was most evident that when they pulled the child from the ventilator that that child would soon and very soon take her last breath at the age of seven months old. And we sat and we watched a mother hold her child until her child took her last breath. And we watched a family maintain. Not only did they maintain when they, when, when, when they had the funeral and, and we go and we preach that funeral and there was 12 souls that were saved at the altar at the casket of that little child that was unable to speak to anybody. To watch God's hand and to know what God can do in the midst of adversity, that's our hope. That's where our hope gets tied to. We, we were able to, we, I, I say that we were fortunate enough to, to walk with a family for a couple, a couple of years that had had their, their son just, take, just taken from them by someone else's hand. And to watch them walk in their faith and their, and their trust and having their hope in God. You know, when we face issues today, it's hard to walk through those issues when we don't have the past to lean into and to remind us of what it is that God's done in our life and how God has brought us this far and how much further God is willing to take us. So I really want to encourage you to be able to look back at times and not get sidetracked by the uncertainty that life presents. You see, there's, there's seasons we, we experience in our lives that where we are to place stones as a reminder, not only to us, but for generations to come, 
This is what took place with, with Joshua. And, and, and they were crossing over the Jordan. And, and God spoke to them and said, I want you to go back. I mean, they had crossed over. And God said, go back. He, he's telling us that, man, when, even when we cross over those issues and we're getting ready to face another battle, because that's what they were doing. They went in 40,000 strong to go and fight another battle at Jericho. And he said, when you cross over, when you get through what you're going through right now, I want you to go back to it. And I want you to see again what I've brought you through so that the times that you're getting ready to face, that you're going to trust and lean in me and you're going to understand what it is that I'm taking you through. And you'll know that when you get through it, that times will become better for you. And I'll strengthen you through these issues. I'll strengthen you through the heartaches and the sorrows. But you've got to go back and strengthen your Strengthen your faith, encourage your trust again. Now, I know that some may not be able to connect with me on this short list that I went through, and, and, and I understand that, but I'm, I'm almost certain that there's points in your life, there's seasons in your life that you too can remind yourself on who God has been in your life. See, He's wanting you, God's wanting you to reminisce again about your life he's wanting you to reminisce in these times and 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 these points and seasons in your life where it took god to bring you through and when you made it through you come out you wasn't even smelling like what it was that you went through that's when you know that it was god where he brought you through where he allowed you to be a a witness of his goodness see you may not have to go through like I was talking about these, these families that went through all of this stuff with their children. I didn't necessarily experience it firsthand, but God allowed me to experience it through the light of His goodness to be able to see and witness the goodness of God and the mercy of God that He has on His people. We need to be reminiscing on where He's healed us. That moment that you were diagnosed and that you shouldn't be here, but you are. And we take so light of it. We need to reminisce on those places where God has kept you. Where God could have left you. Because it wasn't of His fault that you were in the circumstance that you found yourself in. But more, it was your own fault. But instead of God turning His back and allowing you to fall, God still stepped in and interviewed or intervened. See, we all have these seasons or places in our lives that we can recognize the goodness of God. And it's here where we should turn to give us strength to make it through the current and future uncertainties that life has to offer. Deuteronomy 8, 11 through 20 reminds us to don't forget God. I want to read through this and I want you to pay attention to this. It says, Beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping His commandments, His judgments, and His statutes, which I command you today. Lest when you have eaten and are full and have built beautiful houses and dwell in them, and when your herds and your flocks multiply and your silver and your gold are multiplied, and all that you have is multiplied. When your heart is lifted up and you forget the Lord your God 
who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, who led you through the great terrible wilderness in which were fiery serpents and scorpions and thirsty land where there was no water, who brought, who brought water for you out of the flinty rock, who fed you in the wilderness with manna, which your fathers did not know, that he might humble you, that he might test you to do you good in the end. Then you say in your heart, My power and the might of my hand have gained me this wealth. You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is He. You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you power to get wealth, that He may establish His covenant, which He swore to your fathers as it is this day. Then it shall be if you by any means forget the Lord your God and follow other gods and serve them and worship them. I testify against you this day that you shall surely perish as the nations which the Lord destroys before you. So you shall perish because you would not be obedient to the voice of the Lord, your God. Man, he, he's telling us to, to be aware of His goodness, to give attention to what He's brought you through and, and what He's done for you in your life so that in the times that you test, that you're being tested by right now and, and what you may face in the future, you'll be able to come through because your reliance is upon the goodness of the God. It, it's, not upon, it's not upon the things of this world. Your hope is not on the medical field right now. Your hope is not on staying at home right now. Your hope is in God. That's your only hope. There is no other hope outside of that. So I would encourage you to sit with your families today and, and reminisce. Talk about some of the goodness of God that you can remember that God showed up in your life and He done something at a specific time and you know that without a doubt that it was God because if it weren't, you wouldn't be where you are. If it weren't, you wouldn't be who you are. So today, spend this time don't waste the time, spend the time and reminisce about where God showed up in your life. You know, we we done a thing and uh, we were on a Joshua series and we began talking about these 12 stones and Debbie came to me and she gave me this uh, thing that the Lord had given her about getting stones and making a memorial inside the church. And uh, what we done, we took rocks. And uh, we just went and bought a handful of rocks, little black rocks. And as we talked to people in the church and we went through this series, we just told them to 
look back. Go back from where you were and grab a rock and write on that rock. I, I wasn't asking for specifics. They know the specifics. And the, these rocks were there to bring back memories. I've got one rock in my hand right now. It just says the Browns and it says 4-22-18. See, we may not know exactly what took place there, but one thing that I do know is it was a memorable moment for them that, that God showed up in their life. I've got another rock that says 2-5-17. You'll have to ask Tommy what that is. Rebecca Hartley, 9-9-18. I mean, see, the, these are memorable moments. There's one for Draper, 11-10-13. These are, these are memorable moments. Memorable moments. There's one in here that's just got 4, 19, 18, and it's got burnt. See, we don't have to know everything that's taken place in everybody else's life. But it's extremely important to know what's taken place in your life. What's brought you to where you are. So today I guess my message is just to encourage you. I should have titled it reminiscing, but remember when is just as good. So today, use the time. Use it wisely. Remember God in your home. Remember God in your circumstances so that you will not forget God through this circumstance. Let's pray. Father, this morning I just, I thank you and I'm just so grateful, God, that you love us enough that instead of yelling at us and scolding us, you're quick and gentle to bring things to us, to cause us to see more of you. And Father, none of us walk this thing perfectly. We all have our fallacies. God, we're so far, we're so far off the mark that it's scary sometimes. Well, we think we've got it all together. But God, without your son and without the cross, God, none of us would have anything but what we were guaranteed, and that was death. But Father, because of your son and his blood, we We've got life and we've got purpose. And Father, in these times when everybody is scratching their heads and, yeah, we don't understand. We don't know all the details. But God, there are some things in this that we can be certain of. And that is, you brought me through something in the past. You'll bring me through something now. Will it be painful? Maybe. Maybe not. Will we come out scarred? Maybe. Maybe not. My promise is that we come out. God, you promised the disciples, even just in a command, let's go to the other side. There's a promise hidden in that command. So, Father, let that promise be hidden in this command today, that, Father, we'll come out. And we'll come out victorious in you. 
So Father, in this time, I ask that you build our faith. God, that you would encourage us. God, that you would bring hope to where there's fear. And God, that you would just strengthen us. Father, not, not just in our families, but that you would strengthen us as communities. God, that you would strengthen us as churches. God, that we would stand for what's right, and that's your word, and that's for who you are. God, that we don't waver, that we won't bow down, that we won't give in, that we won't lay down, but God, that we will stand and will stand in your word firm. And God, that we're quick to remember you in everything that we see and everything that we experience. And Father, it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Have a great Sunday. Don't forget, go reminisce for a little bit. I'll see you guys next week.